When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks in my brand new apartment. That's right. I found out on Thursday I was moving and was out by Saturday. So I hope everything looks okay. I hope it sounds okay um, because it has been the hot mess express. I can already tell you that I don't like my studio, but David's not here to help me. He will be back, you guys. This is fun news. He's going to be back on October 20th. So two weeks. As soon as I get back from Bravo Con, he will be back and he's staying for a long time. So all is well, except for the fact that I cannot pick things. Imagine having to decorate a bigger apartment. I told you guys last week with the countdown to BravoCon that I couldn't pick my outfits. I also don't know what the heck to do with this bigger apartment, but I'm one week away from the flight to New York City. My mom was over uh, helping me this past weekend move, and I showed her like some of the boots that I was going to wear to one of the days at BravoCon, and she told me that they looked like moon boots, so that caused a spiral. I'm going to return those. In her defense, now that I actually look at them, she was not wrong, so... God bless the mamas that have our best interests at heart that help us move our entire apartment and let you know when you're wearing moon boots. We have a fantastic show for you today. Let me tell you, a lot of couples drama from Tom and Giselle, the love is blind peeps. We're going to do a deep dive on Southern charm, which I'm honestly really proud of this deep dive because we are going to uncover some things. And my good friend Zachary Reality is going to join us for some behind-the-scenes paradise tea. So let's just go ahead and dive right in this week's pop three. Our first has to be Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen. We have been hearing that they have been having troubles for a long time. This started back, honestly, in the summer, in the beginning of the fall when training camp started, right? Tom missed like 11 days of training camp. And at the time, you want to know what the rumor was at the time that Tom Brady missed training camp to be on the mass singer. <laughs> now we know he's getting a divorce. I'm not laughing at the fact that he's getting a divorce. I'm laughing at the fact that we all really thought Tom Brady was just going to skip out on training camp to be on the mass singer. No. Um, now NBC sources are confirming, confirming that both Tom and Giselle have hired divorce lawyers. 
Um, while nobody in either camp is like talking on the record, sources say that despite their efforts to get their relationship back on track, it seems the focus now is um, splitting their finances. Listen to their finances. Can you, I mean, just go ahead and take a gander in your brain and double it because that's what it is. So from 21 to 2022, Tom Brady's estimated overall net worth. $250 million. Okay. Giselle, $400 million. So honestly, good for her. We love a, a woman in power, honestly. So why is this happening? A lot of people believe it's Tom's decision to unretire from the NFL. But a source last month said that that was actually not the reason and that it was kind of sexist to imply that. Um, and they also said, as with many marriages, it's not just one thing. Giselle has made it clear that she worried about Tom playing football and that they had had many talks about it, but they have had a series of blow ups over the past few years. And this time it looks like there's no going back. I was, I'm sad about this. They have the cutest little family. And I just replay the moments when Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl and they all run out on the field and there's confetti flying everywhere. And they're just like making out the kids are playing in the confetti and I'm sad for them. I see everywhere online that people want Giselle to date Pete Davidson. And to that, we say no. And I also saw um, a conspiracy theory or maybe a prediction that Tom Brady and Kim Kardashian will at least go on one date, one date after their divorce is final. So keep your eyes peeled. Let's move on to headline number two. Danielle from Love is Blind finally breaks her silence on her divorce from Nick. She said in an Instagram story on Sunday, here we go. It's time to read the statement. Let's get hype. I got to hype myself up for the statement. She says, I know a lot of people are wondering why we ended our relationship. It really did come to just personality compatibility differences. She also wanted to emphasize that nothing concrete happened to make the relationship fall apart. She said no infidelity took place. Um, she also said that she lived in a state of denial where it's like, yeah, but we love each other, but you know, it just doesn't work out. And she said, I don't know if anybody relates to that. Um, but you can still love each other and try your best to move on. Meanwhile, that's exactly what their co-stars, Iana and Jarrett, are doing because they have moved ahead with their divorce. Uh, TMZ reported that Iana had followed, filed papers in Cook County, which is in Illinois, um, citing irreconcilable differences. I mean, we all saw the show. They were differences and they are irreconcilable. Speaking of... You guys, I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk about Kanye West. I don't. <sighs> okay, I can do it. It's my job. Come on, Morgan. Look alive. Kanye West and Khloe Kardashian exchanged words on Instagram. Tons of backlash, tons of fallout for Kanye this week as he had his models wear White Lives Matters t-shirts in his fashion show in Paris on Monday. Obviously, a lot of people had opinions about that of the likes of Gigi Hadid, Jody Turner-Smith, Jaden Smith. Um, so why did he do it? 
I think I think it's almost impossible to ask why does Kanye do anything because there's never really a rhyme or reason. Um, but in his own words, he says that BLM is a scam. I mean, obviously, you know, that's going to cause so much bash, but the whole thing has had a snowball effect. And I'm just going to say, I'm sorry if I missed some details, but have you ever tried to keep up post by post with, with Kanye West? It's physically impossible. So I think I got it all, but we might be a little patchy here. The one disconnect disconnect that I have, um, is with this Vogue editor, Gabriella Carefa Johnson. So she voiced obvious dismay for Kanye's choice. And then he started posting about her a lot on Instagram. Um, and now they're all deleted. Although he did post another thing saying that they met and they're cool and they're like um, brother and sister. And this is kind of where Gigi Hadid entered the chat when Kanye was going at Gabriella. Um, I believe Gigi called Kanye a bully. So then after he posted that he and Gabriella, I think, made up, maybe, potentially, I don't know, um, he said, for all the audience so outraged by my T-shirt, where was this when I couldn't see my kids? I went public in hope of public support at that time. Obviously, he's talking about the birthday party. We know the saga. We don't have to rehash it. If you missed it, I'm sure I did a podcast episode on it. But then Chloe entered the comment section, and here's what she said. Yet again, got to read another statement. She says, you're the father. No, she starts with, yay, I love you. I don't want to do this on social media, but you keep bringing it here. You're the father of my nieces and nephews, and I'm trying to be respectful, but please stop tearing Kimberly down and using our family when you want to deflect which I agree with her on that. This had nothing to do with any of that drama that went down, I think, in January. And now all of a sudden, and that's what she said, the birthday narrative, again, enough already. We all know the truth. And in my opinion, everyone's tired of it. She said, you wanted separate birthdays. I have seen all of the texts to prove it. And when you changed your mind and wanted to attend, you came. And I mean, you don't think Kanye West would let that slide, did you? Because he did another post saying, you're lying, you're all liars, you'll basically kidnap Chicago on her birthday so she could remember that her father was not there. Um, He said, so there y'all also threw a party before Sam's birthday when I was flying back from Japan to be there for his birthday. And the first I heard about it was seeing a pic online. I, you guys, I cannot, I cannot. Like I said before, you can never, there's never a rhyme or reason to why Kanye does anything, I don't think. Um, and I know that in the past, I don't want to say that I have, uh, I don't know how to say it. There's nothing to justify the things that he does because he does this stuff all the time. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, but I also just know that he's been through a lot of pain in his life. So I try to be a little bit empathetic towards that, but it doesn't. Just because you've been through a lot of pain doesn't mean that you can do these types of things and just think that it's it's cool. I don't know. And I I just I've gotten to the point where it's so hard to keep up with what he's doing that I don't want to do it. Because I'm exhausted. It takes away from my months. I cannot imagine how Kim feels. I can't. 
Are y'all praying for Kanye? Are y'all praying for Kim? Pray for them all. They all need it. And you know, this is so unrelated, but I want to know why does Chloe have a Band-Aid on her face? In every paparazzi photo I've ever seen recently, she has Band-Aid on her face. I want to know what happened. I want to keep up. That's what their brand is built on, keeping up with the Kardashians. Let us know what happened, sis. But nobody's saying anything. I don't know. Moving on. Let's get to this week's deep dive. Every single week on my Instagram at Morgan P Talks, I open up the floodgates for you. What do you want to know more about? I'm super excited for this week's deep dive. It's all about the Southern Charm finale. Hey, Morgan. This is Tara from Phoenix, Arizona. I'd love a deep dive on the season finale of Southern Charm. What did you make of the fight between Leva and Craig? And what about her Instagram saying it wasn't about the seating chart? Thanks. Love you like a sis. Love you like a sis, Tara. Thank you. Okay. So let me just tell you that I have uncovered some tea about this Southern Charm finale. I connected the dots. I put the pieces of the puzzle together. And I could be wrong, but I don't think that I am. So it all revolves around Craig's winter wonderland sewing down south, the Christmas party. Of course, Naomi is uninvited and then invited again. Craig is adamant that there is no seating chart. And two different people bring it up to him, Paige and then his business partner, Amanda. They're like, you should probably do a seating chart. And he's like, I am not going to. So that's like cluster number one of the drama that's going on. Cluster number two is Taylor and Shep. They're talking about Taylor quitting her job. We learn at the end that she did, in fact, do that. And then they broke up earlier when the season started airing. Now, what I saw, I think it was on a Watch What Happens Live when Taylor was on. We heard that they broke up. Um, Whenever that episode came out, they were, I can't remember where they were, but the boys were out of town. And Craig said something about, like, he's, he's walking around landmines or whatever. And it was like that day you know, Craig and Taylor, or not Craig and Taylor, Shep and Taylor have split. She said that it actually wasn't then. It was a little bit afterwards, but that the ball was already kind of rolling in that direction. So um, can I just say, this is so sidebar. I like Craig and Paige, but I hate that they call each other baby. I don't know why that is like what does it for me of all the things, but when they're like, you like cute baby, I'm like, stop. And I'm sorry if you call your significant other baby. No shade. I just, I don't know why that really just, okay. I was happy though for Craig with this like full circle moment. I mean, if you've watched the show from the beginning, you know that he went on a journey with sewing career. Everyone made fun of him. And I haven't read his entire book, but I did read a little bit about it, a little bit of it, the beginning of it. I'm not a reader. You know, I'm a watcher. I watch things. I listen to things. Reading, not really for me. But uh, he did deal with like a lot of bullying growing up. Uh, so, you know, when he gets... I don't want to say bullied by Shep. They have more of like a brotherly relationship, I feel like. But some people would classify it as bullying. Um, So I just, you know, I was like, good for you. You know, not everybody has their life path figured out. In fact, a lot of us don't. I think not not everybody has a trust fund like Shep Rose. But, you know, um, but I'm glad that he found success with um, Sewing Down South. Then the drama at the party goes down between... A couple of different people, Vanita and Naomi, Olivia and Madison, question mark, and then Levitt and Craig. 
Vanita and Naomi. I think Naomi was too harsh on Vanita. Vanita's like trying to talk to her and Naomi already had it decided that she was like going to cut off that friendship right then and there. And I don't really think that what Vanita did was that bad. All she said was let's acknowledge his feelings. And that is a friendship definer. I don't know. I just think that's kind of weird. I I see where Naomi is coming from, where it's like, no matter what, you want your friends to back you up. But at the same time, is it really that bad to say, let's think of how somebody else is feeling? I don't think so. But I can't decide how I feel about Naomi. And I'll just leave it there. Olivia and Madison was the fakest thing I've ever seen. It didn't even make sense. There was no setup whatsoever. There was all these these camera cuts and voiceovers. And they really were just pulling a teeth to get Austin's new girlfriend to fight with Austin's old girlfriend. And here's a hot take. I don't really think that Austin ever liked Olivia. I think Austin likes Taylor more than he likes Olivia. But maybe it was early on in their relationship. I honestly have no idea. Then we get to Craig and Leva. It kind of starts when Leva says, Craig says, I'm the ideas guy. And Leva says, ideas are the easy part, you know. And Craig's like, oh, I know. And and that I honestly was like, okay, good for Craig for just letting it roll off his shoulders. Because that is kind of a rude thing to say. And then Leva and Naomi are mad about not having a seat at the table. which. You know, I looked, there were two tables. (laughs) So it's like, it's not that you didn't have a seat because you had a seat. You just didn't have a seat at the table where all the cameras were going to be. It's like, is that what you're mad about? That you weren't included in the big group? Because there were two tables and the people at the other table were the people that worked at Sewing Down South. So I think if I put myself in Leva and Naomi's shoes, I would be annoyed that I wasn't at the main table. it could have been considered a dig, especially with all the history between Craig and Naomi. But personally, if it were me, like there's free food and free drinks, like I'm not picky. I'm not. I was going to say I'd eat in the closet. I probably wouldn't go that far, but I wouldn't be making a big deal about not having a seat at the main table. Um, I think where it takes a, a major turn is when Lava starts talking smack to about Craig to his team. Um, And I'm confused because like I said, Craig's team isn't at the table and they aren't throwing a fit. So she says something like, you know, these are the people who actually run your business. Um, I actually talk, have talked to one of Craig's employees. Um, His name is Jack. He was in last week's episode and I did an interview with him about what it was like to have Craig Conover as a boss. And he told me, that Craig actually was very hands-on, that he is very hands-on, that at first it actually surprised him because he thought he would be, you know, just this reality TV guy that would come in and out, not really there, but he's like, no, he's on, he's in every Zoom meeting with us. He's always at the store. He, he's, his presence is very much known. Then Leva put this on her Instagram this weekend. It was never about the seating or the pasta for that matter. It's not about the pasta. You know, James Kennedy, iconic quote. Here's what people forget. In December, Leva unfollowed quite a bit of the Southern Charm cast. And she said, I can't be around people who think my accomplishments, success, and future opportunities are competition. If we can't be happy for one another, we have nothing in common. 
don't forget that Leva now has her own spinoff show on Bravo. So with that post, was Leva inferring that the whole blow up fight was actually because Craig was jealous that Leva was getting her own spinoff? That would make sense, wouldn't it? As Craig says, you've made this whole thing about you. So here's my conspiracy theory. Maybe she was talking about her new show at the party. Maybe it wasn't included in the episode because it's a bravo, bravo, bravo moment where they aren't supposed to mention the network or other shows because it breaks the fourth wall. But it was around that same time where all the whispering started going on that Leva was getting her own spinoff show and it was going to be very much Vanderpump Rules-esque. Leva owns businesses in Charleston. She owns restaurants. It was supposed to be called Leveland. I Now it's being called Southern Hospitality. I don't know. I just think that quote where she says, my future opportunities, those that unfollow happened at the same time as that Christmas party. I guarantee you that that is the underlying issue of that fight, not the seating chart. Okay, so there's also some question about why Catherine Dennis hasn't been around much at all. There have been photos circulating online of her with bruises underneath her eyes. And I want to be crystal clear that not one particular individual or reason has been linked to this incident. A lot of people are speculating that she might have had a cosmetic procedure um, during the time of filming. However, Catherine did say... I was cut out of shooting for that period of time. I wanted to film. I wanted to take the trip to Albras and St. Simon's Island, but I wasn't included by production. So according to Reality Blurb, NBC, the owners of Bravo, conducted an investigation regarding whether or not they had liability concerning the bruises. So I don't know if it was one of those things where they're just trying to play it safe and they don't want people questioning it. And that's why they're not going to put her on camera. But now we know there was a reason why Catherine wasn't included. We just don't know specifically what it is yet. And I believe on the show, somebody said Catherine's not here because she's with her kids. And Catherine said, that's not true. They all knew that wasn't true. I wanted to film. I wasn't allowed. So interesting. Before the reunion uh, tonight, I just... You know, my, my overall thoughts on this season, I do still thoroughly enjoy the show. It's one of my favorite shows on Bravo, but there are some things that I don't like about it. The casting, I think, is so bizarre. Caleb is photographed as a full-time cast member. Madison is a friend of. When she wasn't in every episode, but when she was in the episode, she was more interesting. Macy, why? Pringle in the first episode and not any other one and then you have Naomi narrating the whole thing just it just does not make any sense to me um I actually really did like Olivia Vanita and Leva I like all three of them but my issue with Leva is that she hated everyone and hated going to events with everyone so what's the point of you being there and maybe that has got to do with some of Craig's frustration with her getting her own show if, if he is frustrated, he might not be, but just putting the context clues together, 
if I was Craig and I was like, I've been on this network for, he was one of the originals. I don't know if he was in the first season, but definitely the second. And this girl who shows up and doesn't even want to film, doesn't even like any of us has been around, you know, because she was best friends with Cameron, but hasn't been a full-time cast member until the past two seasons. And now she's getting her own spinoff show about her businesses. When I have a successful business that I built from the ground up on Bravo. I don't know, but the tea is typing hot and I'm excited for the reunion. All right. To wrap up this week's episode, I have invited a special guest, one of my honestly pop culture loving besties. We've known each other for quite some time now. We've bonded over all things Bravo, Kardashian, and Bachelor Nation. I'm joined today by Zachary Reality. Hi, Zach. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. We really do go way back <laughs> because, like, we've both been making content for so long, like over two years. So we really are OGs, and we're gonna meet for the first time next week at BravoCon. So I'm excited to finally give you a hug. Yeah, I feel like we both started, or we at least connected in the heart of the pandemic. I know that's when I started kind of going pedal to the metal because I was bored, honestly. (laughs) But, you know, since then, there's been a lot of other content creators. But, Zach, you have been with me on my journey from the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a wild ride. And I feel like we've both grown so much from when we first started. So I just love seeing, you know, all your success with your podcast. Mm -hmm. I know it's what makes you really happy. And, you know, I've honestly been branching out more into a little bit more like influency stuff. I like to do fashion and makeup types of videos and then just cover a lot more Netflix shows. So I've been having a lot of fun with that and like, you know, just really connecting to my audience. I feel like the longer you do content, people really are invested in your journey and they see the growth like professionally and like uh, personally. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's fun being on the internet, especially (laughs) because we haven't like you know, had too many scandals yet. (laughs) I know. Fingers crossed that we don't have any. I mean, you are, like I said, content creator, entertainment host. In my opinion, the go-to guy for Bachelor Nation tea. How did that really come about? How did you find yourself starting to get in contact with contestants and producers? And I mean, you even got tea about what was going to happen in paradise like this summer. Oh, yeah, I was getting like the live updates from when it was happening. I mean, I think I honestly probably am just the most passionate Bachelor Nation (laughs) fan in the country. I don't like I really just am like I've been watching for so long right now. I'm kind of exhausted with it. But Mm -hmm. I think just for a while, like I was truly just like on it like no one else was, especially on TikTok, especially like in the Gen Z space, kind of getting that short form content. So a lot of contestants just found my videos really relatable, but they also just appreciated how I was nice. Um, I gave my opinion while keeping things fair Mm -hmm. and contestants have slowly just started to follow me and then we build those relationships and then they've kind of used me as a resource to get their story out when they're under contract and then it also benefits me because I have the exclusive and I have the tea and it's just like a lot of behind the scenes work which just like is not on you know on video it's not on social media like what's really you know happening in the workings of this I almost feel like a therapist sometimes to some (laughs) reality tv contestants on the low. Well that's why 
I invited you on today's episode because like you said, I am just so exhausted with Bachelor, Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. And I know that you're much more enthusiastic about it than I am. And we'll get to some more tea at the end of the episode. But of course, I want to talk about uh, the four hours of content that we had to enjoy, endure with Bachelor in Paradise. Enjoy. That's a great, not enjoy. No, we definitely not. Enjoy. I'm Endure. Two totally different words there. Totally. I mean, the first thing I have in my notes is Sally's suitcase. I mean, what was that, honestly? I mean, I think the producers hate her. I think that it's interesting seeing the story because I heard, you know, the other side of the story months ago. Um, but it's interesting, to, it's interesting to see what the producers kind of put out there. And it honestly makes me see both sides now because I feel like Sally, you know, she might have been a little flaky. You know, she kind of thinks, you know, she flakes on her wedding, you know, no shade, <laughs> but shade. Like she <laughs> kind of flaked on Clayton's season. Um, you know, she showed up and then she left. I feel like the producers just like didn't want her to flake again. And I have no doubt in my mind that they probably, you know, treated her horribly. And, you know, that's maybe another reason why she was just so back and forth. But I think that they had to fly to her house to take her suitcase to make sure that she actually was going to show up. So I think that's kind of why this is all happening. Um, cause they just maybe had an, enough, but I also mm -hmm. don't think it's an excuse to like go through her suitcase and like pretend that it's her vibrator on TV. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think that that was her suitcase. <laughs> the whole thing with, with lace too, like, okay, but when she's just standing there putting on makeup and really she's turns around and goes, Oh, whose is that? Oh, I want like, you know, for a fact that a producer is standing in the corner, like, Oh, look behind you. Does anything look suspicious? But you said something I want to ask you about before we really dive into that. You said you heard the other side of the story at the beginning of the summer. What was that side of the story? Yeah. I mean, I guess just from, I just heard that the producers flew to her house, um, like the night before she was going to leave and like, I guess they just like took her suitcase um, to make sure that she went. And so I that think reenactment was actually a reenactment of something that really did happen. Oh yeah. They definitely went to her <laughs> house, but I don't think it was like exactly. Um, right, I, right, right. I, I was kind of tuning out a little bit. Like, yeah, Cause I'm on Twitter. So I love Twitter live <laughs> tweeting. So it's hard to pay attention to like every word, but sometimes in bachelor world, you need to hear every sentence. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone was locked in a trunk. I think the producers were maybe doing some damage control, but I also think that Sally probably had one foot in and one foot out. And I think that's the ultimate reason why they took her suitcase to get her there so they can kind of exploit her on the show because mm. she is carrying the season i mean without doing anything <laughs> yeah she she's hasn't even stepped show. foot on the beach yet and she's giving us a show yeah and speaking of sally there was also some off the screen drama not necessarily with her but it does involve her i'm sure you've seen this because uh kira said on the beach that justin and sally were all over each other at stagecoach well earlier in the week justin got on social media and was like i didn't even see you kira like were you even there and then kira posted a picture a group photo of you know, a group photo of all of them. Kira was in the photo. Justin was in the photo. Do you have any any insight on that situation? For sure. Um, Kira was definitely at Stagecoach. I don't know why Justin, like, made that dig at her. It almost felt like maybe he was trying to, like, deflect because he was maybe frustrated that people were talking about him and Sally. Because him and Sally, like, yeah, I think that they were, you know. It was. People were talking about it. Like, they mm -hmm. definitely had some type of a connection at Stagecoach. If you're in public, you know, people will see you um, at Stagecoach. Like, I had multiple people tell me that maybe they were dancing together while listening to music. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. But I think that 
um, he was frustrated that Kira told Genevieve that because Genevieve was already panicking that he was on a date with someone else. So this only mm -hmm. added to Genevieve's frustration, which didn't make it easier for Justin. But in Kira's defense, and she tweeted this, you know, she was just trying to look out for Genevieve and just let her know, like, Sally's coming. We all just saw her suitcase. When Sally right. comes and Kira is good friends with Sally, Sally's coming for Justin. So Genevieve, if you're already frustrated, you know, mm. you're going to have to start opening up your options because not only is Victoria F now an option, but Sally is on her way. Yeah. And it seems like the producer manipulation is like at an all time high. I said this on my page earlier this week with Genevieve's birthday. They know when contestants' birthdays are. And I mean, we know that they have contestants waiting in the wings for days, weeks to come down onto the beach. So my conspiracy theory was I thought there for sure was a producer knocking on every door saying, who wants to take Justin on a date today? You're going to be gone all day in hopes that this will leak. The Bachelor in Paradise loves a ruined birthday. I mean, and then one of the very next situations we get is the two the double date with oh, Shanae yeah. and Genevieve which is totally overproduced I mean what are your thoughts on all that oh yeah I mean I think that Aaron and James got paid a nice check to show up <laughs> and I think that they've been teasing this Aaron and Genevieve thing for a while so mm -hmm. I think that not only Victoria F clearly wanted to go out with Justin but not only that what you just said but I think they wanted to ruin Genevieve and Justin because they knew Aaron was on his way and then we saw in the trailer they're going to bring Sally for Justin so he's going to be fine but of course James <laughs> was going to bring Shanae and I'm living for Shanae and Genevieve I hope that they take over the beach and put all these their place okay but didn't you say something wasn't there some type of spoiler that came out earlier in the summer with between genevieve and shanae where they actually didn't end up getting along um i think that i was saying that they were maybe fighting over aaron so i was oh. getting a couple this is the tea okay I was <laughs> tell like, us the tea <laughs> i was obviously getting spoilers like straight from reliable sources who shall not be named but i also was getting a couple blind items from a deleted from a, a anonymous account with zero followers and whatever so uh -huh. i posted one of them and i was just like all right like it's anonymous like i didn't say like it's like a dumois and right and then I got another from the same account and I was like, okay, I'm going to post this again. And then it's just like, and then I kept getting more and I'm like, this is not real. Like this mm -hmm. is either a producer. Oh trying, yeah. yeah. Like maybe just trying to get, cause they knew I was getting the spoilers correct. So I think that mm -hmm. the, a, a producer and it, maybe it wasn't a producer and it's someone, it was someone else, um, but was just trying to feed me information that wasn't real to kind of just like, spice throw you off. up or to throw me off because yeah. I was just so on track so there is a couple of those blinds which I just don't think were accurate so that was a little frustrating that I took the bait but I didn't know better um yeah of course but I learned after the second one I was like huh and then they sent me a couple more and I just didn't I just ignored them yeah well um I want to know your thoughts on we get to the double date Genevieve you know the whole time is up up until this point the whole time is upset about Justin going on a date with Victoria he comes back he decides to stick with Genevieve give her the rose and then Genevieve does a complete 180 in getting to know Aaron do you believe her when she says that they had no romantic connection in the past because I feel like we've heard whisperings about Genevieve and Aaron honestly since Genevieve got off Clayton season I don't even know I mean I definitely think that they had some sort of a friendship that they're definitely like playing down um but I don't really think it was like this grand master plan like Brendan mm -hmm. and Piper was I don't think that they were yeah. dating like that 
Um, and I also think that the producers are in their corner for this one. I think producers want to see Genevieve and Aaron flourish. So I don't think that we'll see it in a Brendan and Piper light who the producers definitely wanted to destroy last year. Mm-hmm. Is there any couple on the beach right now that you think knew each other before going in and there? I've seen that a lot about Brandon and Serene. I, I feel like people are yeah. leery that they just hit it off so instantly. I'm naive and I want to believe everything at face value. So I just feel like, no, that's not true. They met each other on the beach but what do you think about those two I mean you definitely have seen them both mention each other on podcasts and I think that's another reason why paradise this year just seems like so fake because Mm -hmm. everyone's been talking about who they want to be with in paradise for Mm -hmm. six months on these damn podcasts so it's just like (laughs) taking the validity out of the show and this Morgan we've been watching this is the this season's just corny it's a show it's it's not giving authentic. It's just like, what is this season? I feel like mm-hmm. I'm watching a mockery of a TV show. There's, It's just weird. Like there's something so off. Yeah, I also felt that way. I was just thinking about this today, actually. I felt that way about the finale with Rachel and Gabby. To me, it did not feel like a Bachelorette finale. It, it felt like an episode of like, Mari. Something crazy, you know? Like this is not the show we know and love and i i think even i saw pilot p tweeted something like what is this show mm-hmm. turning into i mean do you have any hopes that this season will will get back on track honestly for me and you know that i'm a huge stan anyways the only person that i think is like even the slightest bit genuine is michael oh we love michael a i we think love the michael. season will get better <laughs> towards the end 100 percent. i think it always kind of gets better at the end mm-hmm. there's always like the finale and the drama that gets exciting i think it's just hard right now there's so many freaking people but i truly yeah. do believe morgan that this is the beginning of the end for bachelor nation i think that way too many people have caught on to the producers lies and tricks um mm-hmm. i think way too many people have caught on to how you know embellished the show is and I think it's just not enjoyable or authentic anymore and I think it's also a bigger issue we can have in reality tv that nobody wants to bring the reality anymore because everyone's just worried about their image and how they come Mm -hmm. off so it's just all shows we all just know how it works and a lot of shows just aren't authentic anymore and Mm -hmm. but I do think this is the beginning of the end for bachelor nation I don't see how this show could go on more than a couple more years because it's just not giving anymore like it used to and I'm personally not excited about Zach's season at all yeah, well, <laughs> we won't. Uh, I'll give it a little bit of time to kind of. I haven't even thought once about Zach. I don't even know mm-hmm. what. Surely they're going to start what January? They normally start the first week of Jan or sometime in January. And um, this, everyone, all the spoilers are out there already. I'm not posting. I'm yeah. not asking it, but every Bachelor account has every spoiler every single yeah. day. They go out in public. It literally, there's like a few of the accounts that are posting who got Rich Rose ceremony stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like. Everyone knows everything and it honestly makes it less enjoyable to watch. So maybe because I know how paradise ends, like this is the first time I've actually known literally everything before mm-hmm. a season has started. So maybe that also could tie into why I'm a little bit less intrigued. Yeah. Did you know that Teddy was just going to up and leave? Yeah. So what I was told months ago is that Teddy basically left because the producers told her she was only allowed to be into Andrew. They really wanted her and Andrew and Brandon and Serene as the top two couples. And the second that she showed any type of interest in someone else, they were Mm -hmm. like, nope, you're not allowed to go on a date with Rodney. You have to be with Andrew. Um, And they just apparently treated her pretty horribly. So that's kind of why she leaves. She left without saying goodbye. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that was my question. Like, like, why is Teddy giving up so early, so easily? Why is she not saying bye to any of her friends? But you're saying it has nothing to do with what was actually happening on the beach, but it was more that producers were manipulating her into only wanting to be with Andrew. Yeah, that's that's what I have been 
told and under the impression for a while since, you know, I was getting these updates in June. So it's not like there's, you know, there's, I'm not really, there's nothing else to, to ask right now, you know, I'm just letting the yeah. show play out. <laughs> like I heard a bunch of stuff from a bunch of people a while ago and now I'm just like, all right, let's just watch the show, take it week by week. Clearly Teddy was having a panic attack and just wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible. She has not promoted the show on social media. I mean, the other thing I said this morning on another podcast is like, maybe she can only take a week off of work and she had to go and this was her out. <laughs> but I think that she, at least she was honest with Andrew. You know, she wasn't fully into him. And I respect yeah. that Teddy didn't want to fake it and she knows her worth and she got out of there. Yeah, absolutely. I was just sad to see her go because I feel like, you know, there are certain individuals that like, I know I said it was only my goal, but I feel like Rodney, I really like Teddy. I yeah. really like Serene and Brandon. Honestly, I really like Michael. Um, but there's just other people you can tell that it's just not it's and, and I don't like all the gimmicks either. Why are we bringing Jared and Ashley back? Why are leaving? They're yeah. literally on next week. I think they stay for like three episodes. Why? Like, we don't care. I, if I wanted to see Jared and Ashley and what they do on a day-to-day, -day, I would go to their Instagram. I would listen to Ashley's podcast. Like, I the fact that it's four hours every week is just you're you're holding us hostage. And I know I'm sitting here complaining about it. If it was not part of my job, I would not watch it. I, I completely understand. And I and I get that. And I think with Ashley and Jared, they're um, bringing the clout to the show. I think a lot of these people don't have um, enough followers to promote it. So I think ABC just thought it would be a good idea to bring them to kind of just promote it and give it some scoop. And Ashley and Jared, you know, they love The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. They want to check. I think they should have, honestly, Morgan, they should have just had Ashley and Jared host the show. Like, it, mm. let, let Jesse take a season off. It would have been great to have a couple just host yeah. it for the season. Like, why do we need Jesse? I don't think he gives us anything. Yeah, or Wells, honestly. Justice for Wells. I feel like he's gotten so screwed over so many times. He gives us much more. And I don't I don't have an issue with Jesse. Honestly, I feel like, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but I feel like he's a carbon copy of Chris Harrison. You know, like when it comes to the Bachelor and Bachelorette season, I feel like they're very similar. Um, so but yeah, worse. no. But because Chris had like Chris had way more like charisma. He was just so oh, I don't think so at all. I think that no. people just are used to him. I think he's been on for twenty years, but they still ask the same questions. They still know they don't. I mean, they have a producer in their ear the whole time. And after you do it for twenty years, you start to pick up on what questions you know they're going to ask anyways. But I feel like if you gave Jesse the same tenure, you know, in fifteen years, he would be just like Chris Harrison. That's fair. Um, that's fair. But it would have been nice to see like, I don't know, Jojo and Jordan or a just Ashley yeah. and Jared, since they seem to be the most invested. Like, it would have been nice to have them just like host it for the summer. Yeah. Is there anything else? Is there anything, any tea, any scoop that will make us actually want to watch this show for four yeah, hours every week? You. Okay. So someone who left last night is coming back. Okay, so it could be one of the three that were eliminated, or it could be Teddy. So one of those four is going to come back to the show and leave. Don't tell us. Okay, don't tell us who it is. I won't tell you. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Back and leaving with someone. So and are they are they technically like if if you were to look up the spoilers, are they technically in a relationship after the sh after the show, or is it more like a Dean and Kaylin situation where they don't actually make it to the finale, but they still leave as a couple? Yeah, they they leave as a couple, but I don't think they're together today. No. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. 
So that's exciting. And there will be yeah. a couple engagements at the end. So mm -hmm. you'll definitely see some love stories. I think there's going to be a couple really dramatic breakups. And I think there'll be one Noah and Abigail situation where a couple like maybe breaks up and then get back together right away or they just leave his boyfriend and girlfriend at the end. Mm -hmm. And then one couple is going to blow your mind when they break up towards the end. Oh, no. Okay, so we do have some things to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, that's why I said it's just going to, you know, there is, it's going to get more exciting. I think as time goes on, it's just hard with, it being so in your face right away with two nights a week and then there being 35 cast members. Right. But I think that the second half of the season will be way better. And I know that they're filming a reunion, you know, the first oh, week of cool. November. So those are always fun. I love a good tell all. Okay, well, you got me at least a little bit more excited and we'll have okay. to have you back like halfway through the season or maybe in the finale so we can discuss all the predictions coming true. But I know you've been doing uh, more recently on your YouTube channel. I saw you just did an interview with Anna Redman. So mm -hmm. please tell every one of my listeners where they can find you on social and on YouTube. Yeah, everything is just at Zachary Reality. I made the name like two years ago and um, I, I was doing the podcast game for a little bit, but I just wasn't passionate about it. So I really like focusing on the video content and the short form content. So follow Zachary Reality, TikTok, Instagram and YouTube. I make content on all three places. It's a lot of reality TV, a lot of pop culture and a lot more of my personal life, which I'm trying to incorporate, which is just like growing as an entertainment host, life in LA, going to events, hanging out with reality stars, makeup, skincare, fashion. So there's just like a little bit of something for everybody. And I don't know, I think I'm a fun follow and I like to keep things <laughs> positive, sassy, and just like really like consistent. <laughs> well, thank you again. And I will see you at BravoCon. I'll see you next week. Bye, Morgan. Okay, you guys, thanks again for another episode of MPT in the books. Got to say, my people, you came through in the reviews last week, and they made me so, so happy. You're so nice to me. It's what I need because I have at least three spirals every week, and I just go read the comments, positive affirmations. You love to see it. So if you haven't given us a review yet, please do so. A little five-star rating. Share it with a friend if you love the pod, and we will see you back here next week. Bye. Love you like a sister. Huda Media Production.